Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to The Sweat Room, a sports and faith podcast with FCA+. Here at The Sweat Room, we believe everyone has a story. It's just a little bit different platform nothing is out of your reach when god is calling you and leading you to it wow and no matter what even in the uncomfortableness of your life connect with god hear his voice and in the end you will receive the increase in breakthrough that you're contending for you have to and now here's your host Noah Corston. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to season two of the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast, a podcast associated with Buffalo FCA and our new podcast network, FCA Plus. I'm your host, Noah Corston, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at the Sweat Room, we believe everyone has a story. It's just a little bit different platform from authors, speakers, athletes, and coaches. Everyone has a story, including you. So if you're new with us, welcome. I encourage you to go check out some of our past episodes, including Buffalo Bills chaplain Lem Vandenboss, Keith Morse, who was put on death row and God transformed his life, and he even started a sports ministry in prison. Highly encourage you to go check that out. If you're in need of spicing up your time with the Lord, check out our episode with Brad Gray, who's like a Christian rabbi. He specializes in having the Bible come to life at Walking the Text. Great resource. Those are just a few of the episodes we have done, and I highly encourage you to go check those out. If you enjoyed the show and the podcast, go hit that subscribe button right above you so you never miss an episode of The Swat Room or any of our other shows, including The Coach's Timeout, FCA Radio, and The Locker Room. Some great content on the horizon for Buffalo FCA and FCA+. Well, today is going to be a fun one. I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing Sterling Harris. If you're not familiar with Sterling Harris, you should be. Sterling's mission in life is to inspire people to reach higher by starting and developing an intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ that is real, personal, and powerful led by the Holy Spirit. Sterling is the founder of Sterling Harris Ministries. He's also the author of the book, How to Hear God, 10 Ways God Speaks. And we talk about stories on this podcast and Sterling's is powerful. You see, Sterling was a former NFL offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns, and he is from Texas. So we had to talk a little Texas football, but he was also put in prison. He expands on why he was put in prison and what God taught him during his time there and how he was grounded in his faith during his time there. It's powerful. So if you did not get your cup of coffee this morning, that's all right. Sterling will give you some spiritual coffee that is motivating and inspiring. I highly encourage you to get your pen and paper out for this one. So without further ado, let's welcome to the SWAT room, Sterling Harris. Well, we want to welcome to the SWAT room, a guy I've been looking forward to interview for a while now. This has been in the makes for a little bit now from, from our friends from the Real Raw Truth podcast, Carrie and Robbie. 
Uh, I'm so excited to interview Mr. Sterling Harris today on the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. Sterling, thanks for joining me today on the Sweat Room. Hey, bro. I'm looking forward to Kingdom kicking it today with you. Hey, I love it, man. And I, we were chatting before we even started recording. And I just said, I was like, you know, someone did not get their coffee today. You're going to give it to them. We're going to give them a little spiritual coffee today because you're going to give them some, some life. Uh, and I'm so excited. We're, we're going to deep dive in, into just your story, uh, what you're passionate about. And man, I, I, people are really going to take a lot out of today. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, especially our athletes, um, coaches listening and really anybody, I think what you do applies to so much in life, but we have a lot of athletes listening today. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for, for what you're going to speak life into them today. So really appreciate you being on again, man. It's an honor. Noah, and I really think that we're going to be able to equip people to take their life and their game to the next level, especially from a sports perspective, because Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I live kingdom now, I know work in sports because I, I approach a lot of things that I do in the kingdom from training as a former high school collegiate and also pro athlete. Yeah. Yeah, And your story is amazing. So as we kick off, I want to lead with this. We're, we're a podcast that's associated with FCA now fellowship of Christian athletes and we, before we chatted, we talked to how a little, how FCA has impacted you. Tell one of our listeners, how has FCA been a part of your life? Well, when I was growing up, they had Tuesday morning donuts and FCA. So they, would get the, they would get the kids in on the, on the sugar hook. And then they would talk about Jesus, preach the gospel to people. And, and that's really how I became connected with FCA. And I've always felt like I was an FCA member because they always had everything felt very inclusive, no mm-hmm. matter where, where you were coming from your background or what your click was or whatever the case may be in high school. When you went into the FCA, I always felt like everybody was on the same page. Everybody was, was there for the donuts and there to get a little Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. You know, power of donuts right there. One of the things that uh, we did in high school with my folks, we started a, a Bible study when I was in high school out of our house and we would have up to, we averaged up probably about 20 to 30 kids in our house each week, but some weeks we'd have like 70 people there. Like it was, it was just packed in, in our house, but we, we got people there with, with pizza and a little off the rails a little bit. We would, we would have, we would call it the Christian fight club and there would be boxing and my dad would be a referee. So Heck yeah. Different. Yeah. Is that different? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've heard people say I'll, people will do nothing short of sin to get people into the kingdom. And yeah, we definitely did things a little bit differently, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So Donuts, pizza, maybe it's boxing, but you never know how how people come to hear the Lord. So I, I heard somebody say, as long as it's ethical, legal, and moral, <laughs> yeah. get it, get it going, get people get in. Get it going, man. man. Yeah, I love it. So that's awesome. Well, you are from Austin, Texas. I talked a little of that in your bio before the show, but I, describe to us what Texas football is like and. I mean, you played for the Cleveland Browns for a little bit, and we'll get to that in your story, but 
why and how did you end up start playing football? So that's kind of a two-part question, but start with Texas football first. Well, Texas football within itself is a phenomenon because you have stadiums that are packed in Texas that that are on par with division two and some division one teams. Hmm. You have multi-million dollar stadiums in Texas that basically get packed out with thousands and thousands of people every for every Friday during football season. Like it's its own it's its own movement within the state of Texas. And yeah. football is a very big cultural sport in Texas. And the I know that it's been kind of kind of put in the light by Friday night lights and not only yeah. the the movie but also the series. And, and it's a lot like that. I mean, it's, it's its own phenomenon. It's its own movement. And literally when I was a kid, things would basically, everybody would close down early kind of on Friday to make sure that everybody was in, in the stadium. So mm-hmm. in a town of, I grew up in, in Terrell, Texas, which is about 35 minutes east of Dallas in a town of 12,000 wow. people, we would have 2,500 to 3000 people at the game. So over 10% of the population in our hometown showed up to the game. And and that was just regular season. Of course, in, in playoff time, it would be more. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I mean, I've seen Friday night lights and other movies that, you know, are about Texas football and it is wild. I, I've never seen any, I mean, you have powerhouses States like Bama and California, Florida, but I, I don't know if there's anything like Texas football, like a high school football. Anyways, it's, it's a whole different animal there. Uh, yeah, and, and I would say the crowd following and just the over the overall uh, persona and cultural impact of high school football is very big and prominent in Texas. Yeah. And, and I know I, we play, I played in the California versus Texas all-star game in California Back wow. then, the Shriners game was like the big game. It was the wow. game where all the All-Americans went to. And it's a game that that I started in. And so, but I saw how big California football was and how many athletes they had there. But the actual cultural impact and how many people came to the game, had they had that same game in Texas, the stadium would have been standing room only. Oh. There, there was plenty, you know, it was like maybe... 50% filled up yeah. in, in Texas. It had been rocking. So it's just oh, a little bit, it's a little bit different in Texas because it's such a, it's, it's such a, so, a social gathering of people coming together. And then yeah. of course the athletes as an athlete, you feed off the energy of the crowd as well. You pull right. from those things. And right. so Texas football is like, is like no other football in the United States. However, yeah. you know, people like Bama and, and, Florida and things like that. They have some great athletes that come out of those areas. So I mean, not to knock anybody, anybody yeah. else's game, but Texas football is something serious. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it is different beast down there. Well, tell us a little of your journey. Did you know, cause you're, you're a big boy. I mean, you look good now you are, you're in good shape, but back then you were big, big, like offensive lineman, big, um, and how did you know that you were going to be a football player? And when did you know if you were going to be in the NFL? Did you know right away? Or is it just like, yeah, I, it's going to happen. Well, actually I was very hyperactive as a kid. 
And so my parents to channel that hyperactivity, they, they opted to put me into sports. That led to me playing a number of sports, but then my dad bet me $20 that I couldn't last a whole season in football. Cause I was telling him wow. how much I didn't like football and how I thought it was a boring sport. And then he said, well, I bet you can't last a whole season because at the time, my godfather, Billy Joe Dupree, he played for the Dallas Cowboys for 12 years. and was all pro like eight year, eight of those years. I used to run around with the Super Bowl ring on and stuff like that. Wow. But I necessarily didn't like the game or enjoy watching the game of football. I, I really didn't. I really didn't understand it. And I really didn't like it. I was actually telling him that morning. I remember we were reading the Sunday paper about the Cowboys. My dad used to get so into the Cowboys and I would just not. And still, even after I started playing... I really didn't watch a lot of football. I like to hit people and I like to play. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a play game type of athlete. I'm not a watch and speculate type of athlete. I may watch and hit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's how I actually got into football is I kind of fell into it. And then I realized my first season, my first season, and I was very, I, I was big for my age. I was very unathletic. And I tripped over my feet a lot of times having, you know, at that time, you know, my shoe size was, was larger than my age. And I ended up in high school. I think I wore like between a 17 and an 18 size shoe. So I was big and uncoordinated this time. And there was a lot of people that were kind of even against me when I started, but in the first year in little league, I made the bowl team. And I realized that, Hey, you know, I I'm good at this. Mm. And then I was like, well, if my, if what I called uncle Billy Joe, I said, well, uncle Billy Joe can go to the NFL. You know, I can do that too. And I, and I just had this inherent thing in my heart that I wanted to be the best at whatever I did. And I now know that that, that unction, that thoughts at the back of my mind, that pushing propelling me forward was God speaking to me and propelling me towards what would be one of the dreams fulfilled in my life. And so there's so many people that have that voice in the back of their mind. They have like an unction in their heart. And like me, they don't recognize it as God's activity and God's leading. They don't press into that and say, okay, God, what are you saying? Because so many people like myself at that time, I didn't know God spoke to you. And I didn't know how God spoke to you, to, spoke to you and how to discern if he was speaking or not. Yeah. And now that, that's why I'm so passionate about helping athletes and helping people tap into God's voice for themselves. That way they can partner with what he wants to do in your life. And God can propel you towards the dreams and the destinies that he mm. has for you. Love it. Yeah. And, and we'll, we're going to dive into that. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk a little about your book and for people to get their hands on your book. Cause it was, it's definitely, I've never gone through a book with the practicality that your book had in I know you've talked about that in even a few other podcasts you've been where you've talked about how your book is to be practical. You, you just want people to re- realize, Hey, God is speaking. And here, here are the ways, here are the 10 different ways that for me that I've seen, and it's an in-depth book. And I liked it. It was really good. Um, but I, I want to focus in a, just a little of your journey before we get there. Uh, sure. Other things I want to ask you is just your SMU journey. You end up going from high school to SMU, which is a Texas football school. Is there any memories from SMU that really stick out to you there? And how'd you end up at SMU? 
Well, I actually ended up at SMU because of my dad. My dad was an SMU alumni. And it's one of those things that, again, the leading, the leading of the Lord, and I just thought that everything happens to you was God's will for your life. So I'm thinking, well, my dad wants me to go to SMU, so it must be God's leading. And I was praying about it, but I wasn't feel like I was getting anything. And I just decided to go to SMU based on what my dad wanted. And I look back on it now, and had I known how to hear the voice of the Lord, I probably would have went somewhere else, actually. And I probably mm-hmm. would have made a different decision. But I based my decision off of outside circumstances instead of an inside leading or inward witness from the Holy Spirit. But I ended up at SMU. Uh, we we ended up being 0-12 my senior season. So mm-hmm. what I learned at SMU throughout the years, we were we, we never had a winning season there. I learned how to press in even in the midst of challenges. Because mm-hmm. so many people look at my life and like, certainly you've had so much success in your life. I said, yeah, but you, you have to pay attention to the process because the process to receive breakthrough, receive increase and accomplish goals and dreams and destinies that God sets in your heart, always take effort and continual practice and repetition on your part. And so does hearing the voice of God as well. You, so many people don't approach their spiritual relationship like they would approach a physical game or working out or just a practical mindset. Like you can't, you can't not, you can eat right and work out. Mm. You can't do those things on a daily basis and not see breakthrough in your life. Eventually. Now you're not going to have a six pack your first month. Right. But over time, if you keep making daily healthy decisions on eating right and and have a continual lifestyle of working out, you will see breakthrough. You will receive results over time. So many people, they, they'll work out, but then they don't eat right. If you right. don't work out, you don't eat right. You're not going to see results like, like you really want it. Some right. people eat right, but they don't work out. And they're wondering why they don't have any muscle tone right. because you got to put, you got to put the whole thing together. And that's yeah. the, that's the thing about God. You can't just know about God and just hope your life works out. You right. have to, you have to know about him, but you have to also know him and connect with his spirit and hear his voice and be led by his spirit and also get the word of God into you. Mm. So God can speak to you through the Bible, through the word of God, through the, the leading of the Holy spirit. And then you will start over time. You will see the benefits of that practice and of those repetitions of continually connecting with God. And it, so, so many people don't connect the physical realities to spiritual realities. When Jesus, what did he do? He told stories He told parables that were physical representations of what was going on in the spiritual. Then he did that because he's saying these two relate. So he just used the modern parables of his day. If it was today, he would use parables about social media and working out and, you know, different things like that. But back then people farmed. And people, you know, people sowed seeds. So he told parables about things that people would know. He knew the culture. He knew the culture. And so I like to give a lot of practical examples in, in the book that I wrote and just in general. So people understand in their own life, oh my goodness, God is speaking to me in this situation. This is actually God 
you know, witnessing to my spirit. This is actually the, what the leading and the peace or the non-peace of the Holy Spirit feels like. Yeah. And so many people don't, they don't, they don't connect the two. And when you connect the two, you'll begin to get breakthrough in whatever area that you're looking for breakthrough and increase in, in your life. So yeah. I tell you the, you, your question was, do, do I remember a memory at SMU that, that I was fond of? And it's not necessarily a, what somebody would say a good memory, but I remember my season, my senior season, uh, we had this little board, this mental toughness and extra effort board. And I was lapping people, the other offensive linemen, like my board wow. looked super crazy. I was, I mean, I had, I led the team in pancakes and knockdowns. And I mean, I was just, I was just hammering people. I love and, I, and I learned that I had to play for the dream that God had put inside myself and not just play for my teammates and for my coaches and for my team, which was fo- a foreign concept to me mm. because I always played for the love of the game but in this case, I realized halfway through the season, I looked at that board and we had lost half the games and I looked at the people we were having to play and I said, oh my goodness, there's a chance that we're not going to win a game this year. Mm. And I, and the Holy spirit inside me just rose up and said, what I didn't, I just thought it was a a flowing thought. I just thought it was a inspirational thought. I thought it was a Rocky movie that I had watched, but it, it, but the, the voice in the back of my mindset basically told me, which I now know is the Holy spirit. You have to play for yourself and you have to play whistle to whistle and you have to play Mm. every down. Like it's your last. And if you do that, you'll still make it to the NFL, even if you don't win a game. But you got to play lights out. You can't look at the scoreboard. You can't look at the win-loss record. You have to look forward at the dream I put inside you. And that's so many people, they'll stop looking at the dream and the destiny, and they'll just start focusing on what they're going through right now. And what Mm. you're going through right now might look like hell. It might look like sickness. It might look like it might look like lack. Like, hey, God's saying he's going to prosper you, but your bank account doesn't reflect it. Right. Like there's more at the end of the month, there's more month than there is money. Yeah. That's happened to me plenty of times, but I kept doing what I knew financially to do in my business and otherwise knowing that if I keep sowing the seed, if I keep making kingdom Holy spirit led decisions, eventually it may be uncomfortable now, but I will see breakthrough in the end. Mm. I love what a famous coach said. He said, you have to be willing to do today and tomorrow what others won't do today and tomorrow to get what they actually want and what you actually want in the future. Mm. Is that Lou Holtz? It might be Lou Holtz. Maybe not. I, <laughs> I believe it. I believe it was Tom Landry. Oh, Tom Landry. Okay. Yeah, I got a Dallas, Dallas, Dallas spot. <laughs> I, I knew it was somebody. I've heard that from Lou Holtz too. So I actually Lou, good. Lou recruited me when he was at the, uh, at North Carolina, at, at South Carolina. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was cool to get a call from him. Cause I, you know, he was, he's super famous and yeah. And, uh, but he called me when I was in high school recruiting me into college. Wow. Well, I'm glad I just yeah. blew holes in that. That was not yeah. planned. That's great. Um, other things I want to go off script a little bit from the questions I asked you a little bit too. Um, oftentimes when I, I've heard you speak, 
and talk to people. You're an author, you're a speaker, you're a motivator. And folks, if if you haven't gotten that a little bit from our, I'm telling you, you're, you're going to be feeling good after this conversation. Sterling's a ball of energy and, and just an encourager. Um, but during your journey, I'd love to hear during your, even your time at SMU, what, what do you feel like God was really teaching you there? Cause I I've heard you talk in your journey, even in your book a little bit, um, how you've kind of grown up in, in the church a little bit. Did you feel like you grew during your time at SMU? Um, do you feel like God was, was still a huge part of your life? How, what was your development process like when you were in college um, during that time? I was a D1 football player. We've, we've interviewed D1 football players. That, that seems hard. It's tough. Uh, what was that time in your life like for you? I would say it was as far as my relationship with God, I was pulled farther and farther away from God by stimulus, outside stimulus that I had, whether it was drinking or partying or whatever the case may be. I was raised in a religious background, meaning you work hard to do better to kind of get God to love you. And you're more of a servant and you're not raised with a sonship mentality and that will lead you to a slave mentality where, yes, I'm a son. Now I'm a son of God who I work with the Lord. Mm. But first, I'm a son. I'm not somebody who works to get God to love me. God loves me. We have a relationship. And out of that overflow of my life, I serve. So I'm a mm. son that serves. It's a different mentality. Right. People are like, well, it doesn't it d- doesn't seem like it's that far off. But see, what mentality you have and what filter you have, it will make you make certain decisions because you're looking through life and you're looking through your circumstance through a certain filter. And just like a filter you would put on, on Instagram, on a picture, it can distort the actual original intent of the actual original picture. So God wants you to have the correct filter of his original intent and purpose for you and him to have a love relationship where Adam and Eve walked and talked with God and they heard his voice. They felt his presence and they lived their life out of the overflow. Mm. Jesus came so you can have the Holy Spirit live inside of you again, and you could be directly connected with God's spirit. So many people say, you know, I can't, I don't know how to hear God's voice. And and I have to tell them that first of all, you have to start living God inside minded. Mm. It's like, if I have, if I'm in the car with my wife and I don't talk to her on a two hour drive, that's, that's very uncomfortable. That, that take work not to talk to her for on a two hour drive just because she's in the car with me by virtue of proximity. Mm. Now God lives inside of you. So really, once you start realizing practically what his voice sounds like, then you can kind of lean and toggle over into that and you can start hearing his voice more readily. Mm. And so that that's really, that's really, that's really important. But I did not know any of that when I was at SMU. I was in this religious mindset, and that will lead you down a place of shame condemnation and really rebellion. And when I say rebellion, mm-hmm. I mean, my life didn't look like Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. I made decisions based on what I wanted and self-gratification. And I had a Christian confession, but my life didn't look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
And for so many athletes or so many people, they have a Christian confession, but because of this religiosity that God's far away and that he's just, he's just left you on earth to kind of white knuckle it, which is not Mm. the truth. It leads you to think that, well, I'm just doing the best I can down here. And I know about God, but the difference between knowing about God and knowing him intimately is the difference between night and day. Mm. And so I didn't, I didn't know that. And so I lived out of that filter. And so that filter led to rebellion. It led Mm. to me taking stimulus outside in my, in my identity outside of God. I, my identity was in football. My identity was in party. My identity was in all these other different things, Mm. but it wasn't rooted in a grounded relationship with God because I didn't have any stimulus for Mm. him. Like, I mean, meaning I didn't experience him on a daily basis. I didn't know how to do that. I just looked at the Bible as a bunch of rules that were outdated and misguided. Mm. I mean, just be honest with you. And so, and I just viewed God as this taskmaster that just wanted to zap you and send you to hell for every little thing. And so why, why I had enough Jesus in me to get to heaven, my life didn't look like heaven. Mm. I think what pressed me to ask that is because where you're at in Texas, you're in the Bible Belt. And I'm, it's different cultures everywhere. As we're recording this podcast, I'm in Buffalo, New York, where it's a very postmodern culture now. I think as, as a society now, we are in a postmodern world, meaning a lot of post-God. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are moving away from that. But especially in Buffalo, it's more Catholic and Jewish uh, very, that's more the culture here, but people are stepping away from that where you, your, your areas, I would say more Baptist community, people go to church. Um, but that's, it's the culture of it. I guess the reason I, I, I say that is for you, what changed after SMU? I would say that first of all, Noah, Christianity is not church attendance. Mm, that's good. Christianity is about the God that you serve coming and inhabiting you and you connecting with him on a daily basis and living your life out of the overflow of that connection. That's Mm. the way Jesus lived. And that's the way he modeled for us to live. And that's why he died and rose again and gave us the Holy spirit, his spirit. Mm. So we could daily connect with the Lord. So while I grew up in the Bible belt, sometimes people will say, I grew up in the church and I'll retort. Sometimes that's the problem because <laughs> wow. uh-huh. I grew up in the church and a lot of and times. Why is that? Why, why is that? You think misinformation mm. and things not being taught the way that Jesus modeled people will say, people will say in certain denominations here in the Bible belt, Oh, well, the gifts of the spirit passed away. I have people email me and comment on Facebook and Instagram that all you have is the word of God and you can't hear God's voice. And they called me a heretic. Wow. Well, Jesus would disagree with them in the same word they said I should be reading and going by strictly. Jesus said in John 10 that his sheep will know his voice and hear his voice. And he said in John 16, red letters, Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to take what's mine and declare it to you. Declare means to communicate something to someone. Mm. That means speaking, right? If I declare yeah. something to Noah, that means I spoke something to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's one of those things that it's just misinformation. You don't know what you don't know. 
And then the things you think, you know, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying that Jesus would say that that's not what I modeled. Sure. So I always tell people, I'm not going to argue the point with you because I'm not going to argue the Bible because Mm. if Jesus modeled it and you're telling me I can't do it, then I have to tell you that you need to go back and read the scripture you're talking about that I'm talking about that Jesus spoke and said that these things were possible. He said, he said in my name, they will lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. People say that Jesus doesn't heal anymore. The problem is, is that I've been healed supernaturally. Mm. I've seen people healed supernaturally, like medically verified miracles. Mm. People say, well, showing the the tongues passed away and you can't pray in the spirit. You can't pray in the Holy spirit anymore. And I'll tell them, look, man, I used to be a cessationist too and not believe that. But then I read the Bible for myself and what happened in the book of acts happened to me. And I didn't believe in it until it, until I started hearing a voice that wasn't English come out of me. Mm. (laughs) And I've been praying in the spirit ever since. And everybody Everybody who wrote God used to write the New Testament, all of them prayed in the spirit. Mm. All of them. The apostle Paul said, I pray in the spirit more than everyone. He was talking to the church of Corinth. He was right. like saying, I pray more than everybody in the church combined. But that's a lot of praying in the spirit, bro. Yeah. So I guess that your question is, and the answer is it's misinformation. And mm. we haven't been majoring in the majors People are like, oh, well, what do you think about this theology, that theology? I'm like, hey, may, do you know how to hear God's voice? Do you know how to take a thought captive? Mm. Do you know how to actually repent when negative thoughts come and you do things that are outside of God, outside of the Bible or outside of God's love? Mm. Do you know how to forgive someone by faith? Do you know how to engage the Holy Spirit to have him help you clean out your heart? Like those are foundational Christian beliefs, things like in a relationship, you have to know how to communicate with somebody. If I say I'm in a relationship with this lady or this, or this, or your relationship with a friend of yours. And I say, well, you know, and I asked them about it and they said, well, I've only, I've only talked to them one time Mm. and we don't text. We don't talk nothing. I'd say that you're, you're probably not in a relationship with that person. Yeah. Maybe in your mind you are. (laughs) That's how a lot of people are with Jesus. They've heard him speak to them. They think one time when they were kind of up against it, but they thought it was only for that one time. They don't acknowledge the voice, the back of their mind. They don't acknowledge the peace, the gut feeling, the peace or lack of peace. They don't acknowledge these things as God speaking to them. But if they would, and if they have the right practical teaching, then you start, oh my good. It's kind of like when you, when you're going to buy like a car yeah. and you've never looked at this car before, but now you're like, okay, I want to, I want this, this type of car, this Chevy Malibu, whatever the case may be. Sure. And you never see that car on the road, but then the neck after you buy it, it's like, you see them everywhere. Right. It's because you became aware of that car and it began to stick out in your mind. Right. When you start knowing how God speaks practically, you'll start, these things will start kind of popping out to you as mm-hmm. you, and you, then you have the, the choice to acknowledge them and partner with them and dig deeper with God or to kind of just suppress them. 
At SMU, mm-hmm. I suppressed a lot of what God was, I know now know God was leading me to do. I just pressed it down because it's not what my soul wanted to do. It wasn't the easy route. It wasn't the, it wasn't the popular move. It wasn't the easy move. And a lot of times it was, God was convicting me of certain decisions that I was, what I was making or not making. Mm. And the more that you do that, the, the, the Bible says that your heart becomes callous mm. and it becomes hard for you to hear the Lord. That's where I was during SMU. I was hard of hearing because of misinformation. And then the stimulus I was getting from the Lord I was pushing it down because it didn't match what my soul, my flesh wanted. Mm. And I just chalked it up to, oh, that's just coincidence. Or, you know, I know the Bible says that, but the Bible was written 2000 years ago. God ain't tripping about that. I mean, it's 2000 years. I mean, it's, it can't, it can't still be the same application. Yeah. I told you before we started recording, uh, this might, might've been uh, a while ago, but I, I told you, I was like, there are so many layers to your story where we could go. And I just, I, I love to just do a deep dive and I'm, I'm already looking at my questions and I'm like, I'm not even going to get to them all, all today. Cause there, there's so much to your story that I think is so applicable and encouraging to where people are at, because I think the, the reason I wanted to highlight where you were at, in terms of your journey at SMU, and we can talk a little bit about your NFL career and what happened after that as well. But I think a lot of our listeners right now, they're in a transition period of their life, um, whether they're adults or they're in college. And I, th- I think what, what your journey, it, it, it's applicable in the sense of, hey, this is what I've seen. This is where God has taken me. And I think that's encouraging because I think some people may be at the crossroads and I think where people need something like your book of, man, I, I need to figure out, God, how are you speaking to me? Cause I'm not really hearing much of that right now. And I need that. And you, you've wrote a practical book on that. So I, I appreciate that. Um, so it's really good. Uh, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, thank you. No. Yeah. It's, it's great. So I want to, you can talk quickly on this. And then I want to get to just a little of what you're passionate about, which is, you know, you want people to hear God's voice. What was your NFL career like pretty briefly at the Browns? Uh, how long were you in the NFL? How'd you end up there? And something pretty major after the Browns happened to you after that. So I, I'd love for you to talk a little about that if you want. So my whole life, since I started playing football, I had this dream of going to the NFL. And so of course, when I made it to the NFL, it was a bittersweet deal because when I got out of high school, I was one of the top recruits in the nation and probably mm-hmm. top two off to lineman in the state of Texas, which puts you. Do you remember your number? Do you remember your, like where you were at? Uh, I, basically it was between me and another guy. Wow. That was probably the number one, number two office tackle in the state of Texas, which puts huh. you in the top 20 in the, in the world, basically and coming out of high school at that point. Deal. The other guy went second round in the NFL draft. Oh, I knew him. He went to Texas and I went priority free agent right after the draft. So it was a bittersweet deal of, I'm so glad that I realized my dream at the same time. It wasn't, it didn't end up how I thought it was going to end up. And there's so many people that have been in that story where they realize part of something 
at the same time, it didn't happen in the way they wanted to. And they have to deal with that disappointment. And I just had to deal with that disappointment. And so it was a bittersweet type situation. And believe me, going to the NFL was super cool. Uh, you get to pay, you get paid a lot of money to do what you've done for free for so many years and things that I love, what I love to do, which is play the game of football. Right. And it helped, it, it, it's helped me in life to when you get knocked down, you know how to get back up. You know how to train, you know how to, you know, that repetition is the mother of all learning. You learn, sir, even if you don't make it to the NFL or make it to be a collegiate athlete, I always tell people, please do a sport, be in sports, get your kids involved in sports. Sports teach you how to be accountable, how to Mm. show up on time, how like work ethic. They, they teach you a lot about self-discipline. Mm. And so I always, I always encourage people to be involved in some type of sports because sports teach it, teaches you so many things in life. And so when I got to the NFL, there was this, I'll be happy when moment that I always said, I'll be happy when I make the NFL. Mm. Can I tell you that, that there was still a a lack of fulfillment there. Mm. And there's a lot of guys that I played with that made way more money than I did. And I found a lot of them had the same lack of fulfillment because you see this with so many celebrities and people that you think, oh, they made it in life because they have money, status, fame, whatever the case may be. Their realized dream happened. But then you see them in the tabloids, you see news or whatever like that. And there's and you're like, man, how did they get so messed up? Yeah. Like, why are they, why are they? And you like, if I had that money, if I had that fame, that would never be me. I'd be happy. The thing about it is Noah, there's a, there's a void in your heart that only a relational connection with God on a daily basis can fill. And even when you have that, you have to continually press into that to have daily fulfillment, to live a victorious life. And there's so many people that don't do that. I mean, how many ministers have you seen fall into, into like gross, especially last few years, sin? like the last couple of years, you saw people do that. Can I tell you, Noah, that I can tell you this, they ceased in the relational connectedness with God and suppress the voice of the Holy spirit. I can tell you that right now, because when you live in a relational connection with God, if you start even thinking a little bit outside of that, you'll have a dream, you'll have an uneasiness in your heart, you'll have some flowing thoughts that you shouldn't be doing that, thinking that, whatever the case may be, because God's trying to get you away from the road that you're going to go down if you keep in line with that thinking, because the way that your predominant thinking goes, so will your life. Wow. Those ministers that fell, I can tell you it didn't start. It started with a thought. Mm. And with that thought, they didn't take it captive. They didn't cast it down. They didn't go against what the unction and the Holy Spirit said inside. And that led to other thoughts. Drifting. Then, Then they kept drifting and drifting and drifting until actions behind those thoughts came. Yeah. The same thing can happen in the positive or in the negative. If you think God thoughts on a daily basis, if you think positive thoughts on on a daily basis, if you stay towards what's God and what's the Holy Spirit, 
you will have the same kind of outcome in the positive faith-filled direction in your life. I can tell you, it might not be easy. It might be uncomfortable at times. It will be uncomfortable at times. I will promise you that because I'm still living in this daily relationship with God and it is still uncomfortable all the time, but I can tell you it's worth it because I've lived on the other side of the spectrum. And now that I live in this side of the spectrum, I can tell you the people that stay connected with the Lord, no matter what, and just keep hanging on to his hand and keep connecting with his voice. Those people will see miraculous increase in their life. They have to, because the word of God and Jesus promises you will. Right. And I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in my business, my business. uh, This is my third year in business. The first year I hardly made anything. The second year I made 30% more than hardly anything. But but I kept doing what the right thing, what the God based decisions were, even when it didn't make financial sense to do it. And can I tell you now, Noah, God has increased my business 300%. Yeah. I've made three times what I made the last year. Our company is on track to do $7 million in revenue this year. Oh my gosh. And the decision, yeah, the decision it's Jesus, man. And Jesus breathed on it. But for two years I was tilling and planting and just scraping by and doing what I felt like God was telling me to do and making decisions, God-based decisions when it wasn't easy. And yeah, it's good. It's easy to look at my paychecks now look at what my, my, my profit is to me now. And you're like, Whoa, man, Sterling, you're balling. You're, you're doing well for yourself. You're making six figures. Sure. Yeah, I am. But when I got, when, when I got out of prison, which is a whole nother story, a whole nother, a whole nother spectrum of my story, I got out of federal prison five years ago. Mm. This past month was five years to the day. Wow. And before that I made six figures on average in my life. But when I went to federal prison, I did not know if I would ever get back to the six figure paying income. Wow. And I was okay with that. At the same time, I felt like God was saying, Sterling, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you back there. You're not going to lose anything. If you partner with me and redeem the time. Well, you really learned, you really learned the hard way. I mean, when you talk about God blessing your business, you, you were making a lot of money from the NFL and then post NFL. Cause how long were you in the, how long were you with the Browns again? I was with the Browns 04 and 05 and made, you know, made good money there. Then got out and got into the real estate and insurance business and had a real estate insurance practice for four or five years and average six figure, six figure in income those years. And then get a knock at my door. It's the FBI. And I ended up getting arrested for the first business deal I ever did. Mm. Um, that I sold 20 houses to an investment group and I was young, naive and not listening to that gut feeling inside of me that said, Oh, this is too good to be true. I actually Mm. was so lost. Noah. I thought it was God blessing me because I lost my NFL career through injury. And at that time in my life, uh, I remember the play. Describe the play and then what happened? The play, we were on the second injury in my foot is what cost my career. So I'm going to tell you that. We were on the one foot line in Frankfurt, Germany, and we were going, and the running back was going up and over the pile on the on the one foot line. Was this and an NFL game in Germany? It was an NFL Europe game in Germany. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, and we were, and I was having the game in my life. I mean, I was like, 
I had been, I had rehabbed. I had broke my foot in three pieces my rookie year. I had come back. I was starting in NFL Europe, having the game of my life. And then literally the running back goes up and over the pile. And over there, you pay, play on soccer type fields. And then oh, they're not, they're not slick. good. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're, 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 they're more sand based fields. I mean, because, you, you've even seen like some of the games in London, I'm sure, where they, yeah. they were terrible. And they, terrible. Like, we get, we got to switch some of this out. Like this is got to Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It, it really is not good. It's not good for football. It may oh, be good. No. Maybe good for the other. Football on the it's other side of the pond. Football, football, <laughs> but it's not good for football. Like hitting right. people, football. Yeah. And so the guy steps on my foot, and when he does, half my foot stays on top of the ground, and half my foot goes in this divot. And oh so I goodness. literally have what's called a Liz Frank dislocation, and I dislocate the middle joint of my foot. And I, <laughs> then they misdiagnose my injury because the injury you have to have it looks like just a bruise, but it hurt when I broke my foot in three pieces. It did not hurt as worse as when I, when I dislocated my foot, it literally felt like somebody took a meat cleaver and chopped my foot in half. Oh my It felt like when I dislocated my foot. And so I ended up trying to play on it and did some additional damage. And that's what Uh. led me to, to into early retirement. And so, but at that time I had the filter, we talk about filters. I had the filter that everything that happens to you is God's will for your life. Can I tell you, if you're listening right now, that's not true. It's not true. And I heard so many well-meaning believers say, well, Sterling, I tell them, they'll say, hey, do you play football? I'm a gigantic person. People ask me all the time still. I'm like, yeah, who'd you play for? I played for the Cleveland Browns. Then I reach out to you again. Almost six foot seven. Okay. Yeah. So, and I still weigh about two, two sixty, two seventy. So I'm yeah. still a big, I'm still a big man, yeah. <laughs> and, big, and guy. So, big guy. And so people ask me and back then they would say, and even today they'll say, well, you know, brother, God has another plan for your life. But in the religious filter, I had that everything that happens to you is God's will for your life, which is not true, but that's the filter I had. I heard God broke my foot to mm-hmm. take my dream away from me to give me another dream. That's how I viewed God as this taskmaster. Well, I must have messed up. I must have done something wrong. Or he had another plan. Like he, so he broke my foot so I could do something else. And I was mad at God for years after my after my NFL career ended because I felt like I felt like he he cheaped me. I felt like mm-hmm. he he cut my NFL career short. And now I realize that your life is a summation of four activities: the mm-hmm. devil's activity to kill, steal, and destroy. God's activity always calling you in an intimate love relationship with him. It's always for your good. Yeah. There's your choices for, for, for positive or negative. And there's yeah. other people's choices for positive or for negative. God didn't break my foot to give me another dream. I has, I had football in my life as an idol mm. and it was my whole identity was wrapped up in football. When you have your identity wrapped up in anything besides God, you give the enemy demonic forces legal right to come and wreck that idol. Mm. That's why you see people's marriages get wrecked. You see people's kids, things like that. And their kids get wrecked. I mean, you see people's careers get wrecked like that. When you set things up as idols in your life and you raise them above God and you, you go to your peace and fulfillment for those things, you give the enemy a legal right to come in and start messing with those idols because if they can mess with that idol, they can mess with your God and your identity. They know yeah. they can get you offended and mad at God 
and drive you farther away from him like he did me. So when I lost my identity as playing as a football player, I, I went off the rails for a couple of years, man. How bad are we talking? I mean, partying, drinking, drugging. I mean, you, you name, I mean, I was still making six figures and I was still making money. So nobody cared because I was a high functioning. I was a high, I was a high functioning partier. I was a high functioning, but I lived in compromise. I lived in sin mm. daily. I mean, I wasn't wow. even, I mean, I wasn't even, I still had a Christian confession, but my life looked anything but like Jesus. Mm. So, and that's where, that's where a lot of people are. Like, if yeah. just be honest with yourself where you are today, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be the extreme to extreme. That I was maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're living with unforgiveness for your spouse. Maybe you're mad at God about something that's happened in your life that you think he did, but he really didn't do. Mm. There's a, there's a lot of things that you could be mad and offended about in your life. And just walking in that offense, just walking in bitterness and resentment and, uh, and depression and worry, anxiety, that's like a hell on earth, bro. I believe me, I've been there. So wow. if you're there, the good news is, is Jesus has an answer. Yeah. Learn how to hear his voice, learn what he's saying about it. And start walking through forgiveness and releasing those people and situations over to God and let the Holy Spirit do a work in your heart that will clean out not only the sin, yeah. obvious, the obvious sin, but it will start cleaning out the little character things that rob you of your peace on a daily basis. Mm. Wow, that's good. So from your, your foot, you you break it. That kind of that kind of puts the the wrench into things in terms of your NFL career for sure. You become a realtor, and then some some big. Then you end up getting the feds knocking on your door. Yes. What what happened? And then you were in prison for a little bit. I was in prison for three and a half years. I got a seventy month prison sentence for a crime huh. I did not knowingly commit. Mm. And again. I'm now, so describe under the that. Like how if so, if someone's listening and be like, wait, how, how did you not know? How did you not know for a crime you didn't commit? Well, the thing about it is, is it's it's a crime where the people that came to me, they said, okay, we're a real estate investment group. We buy these houses, we pull the equity out, we use that to carry the homes, and then we resell the houses at you know six months later and do some upgrades to them. Yeah. Um, and back then, this is 2006. 2007. Yeah. I mean, the real estate market is booming in 2006, 2005, right before the crash, right? Before the crash, right? Yeah. So that's, so, so it sounded legit because it sounded like things that everybody else was doing. Right. Except for these people were pulling the equity out. They were renting the houses. So it all, it still looked legit. They were keeping the rental money and the equity money Dang. and not making any payments. And then the houses would foreclose on, the problem was the bank wasn't catching it because there was hardly any foreclosures. And so when a bank would get back the house nine or 12 months later, they'd sell it and make a profit. So they wow. didn't care. <laughs> but when they crashed, that's when they started doing all these investigations. Oh, man. And everybody, everybody who was doing things that were unlawful, it got exposed. Wow. I mean, Chase Bank paid huge fines for doing illegal stuff. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just was a small, you know, small little deal, yeah. but I mean, there was a whole bunch of companies that went under back there. Lehman brothers went under. There's a lot of people that went under 
for for doing at the time they probably knew it was illegal. Some of them like they yeah. knew it was illegal, or they just ba- they, but some of them were so big they construed laws so it'd just be right there on the line. Yeah. That's the thing about this is that that back then stated stated income loans were legal. So you they call them liars loans yeah. back then because you could lie on your loan application basically and it was legal, which wow. doesn't make any sense, right? It, like when I bought my first house, I bought it on a stated income loan. I stated I made this much, but I really made this much. Wow. And I was, I asked my, my loan officer, I said, how can you do that? He said, mm. that's the program. And he showed me the FHA government back program. Wow. <laughs> I said, it doesn't make any sense, man. I don't make that on my tax return, but how can I say I made something I didn't make? He's wow. like, Sterling, do you want the house or not? I mean, this is the, this is the government program they're running. You want it or not? I'm like, I guess the government's running it and it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> wow. So it was just, it was really just wrong place in history, dealing yeah. with the wrong people and not walking and listening to the gut feeling or the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, which back then told me, I had this thought in the back of my mind, this is, seems too good to be true. I don't know about this. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? But I just, my ambition and my bitterness really towards God for what I thought was breaking my foot and taking my NFL dream away from me. I thought, well, this is the least he can do is let me make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for breaking my foot last year. So, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and go with it. And that, that was my mentality again, wrong filter, wrong decision. People say, Oh, well, you know, that's just like a little, that's like a little bit of distortion. Well, that little distortion cost me three and a half years in federal prison and untold amounts of money. So I'm just saying, bro, you don't, you don't ever really know what the cost is going to be until the cost happens. (laughs) I'm just saying, so not walking with the Lord can cost you big time. Yeah. And that's what you mean when you say God's really blessed my business. Like you've learned, like you had to learn the hard (laughs) way, man. And I'm sorry, like that is brutal. But I, I guess if I was in your shoes, I mean, I'd like to think, man, I'm holding and keeping the faith. You were kind of in a transition. It seemed like a transition period of your faith, like where you were kind of, you're in the party scene a little bit, and then you were a realtor making great money, and then you're in prison. And then God really worked on your heart during your time there. I mean, what happened in prison and where you really felt like the spirit was moving in you and uh, I mean, even you describe just a little bit in your book, a little, of, there's a scene that how there was a sunrise, I believe. Yeah, it was. God was just speaking to you in that moment. I mean, talk to us a little of that, of, of when you were there. Yeah. And, and so Noah, to answer your, to answer, answer your kind of first question, I had a good, a good religious relationship with God before I went to prison. Mm. Meaning I was a motivational speaker. I spoke to thousands of kids. I did inner healing work at a philanthropic nonprofit organization on almost a monthly basis. I mean, my life from the outside looking in looked like I had it all together. And even I thought, because in my mind, I'm the most on fire person I know, because (laughs) all I know is works. Like I'm going to church, I'm serving at vacation Bible school. I'm going to speak to thousands of kids. I'm mentoring kids that are having, you know, having trouble like in school or having like 
Yeah, I was I, I was even mentoring people that were like kids that were like in and out of juvenile detention. I mean, yeah. thing, like my life, like I was the most on fire person that I knew. And people yeah. in my church thought I was on fire. <laughs> Again, they didn't have they weren't walking in the fullness of really knowing God from a relational standpoint. So when I got to prison, I just said, you know, God, I don't get it, but I'm going to follow you and figure it out. And as I did that, this scripture, seek first the kingdom of God kept coming up. And I kept saying, I kept sensing that God was saying, I want you to have a relationship with me. And I remember being in my prison cell, looking out at all these other guys in prison with me. And it said, God, in my prison cell, how can I have a relationship with somebody I can't see? Like I'm fed up. I'm at the end of my rope. My life's not looking like uh, I thought it would look and never thought I'd be here. I used to teach, I used to tell people, oh man, don't sell drugs. You'll end up in prison. Don't uh-huh. do this. You'll end up in prison. And then I end up in prison for selling real estate. <laughs> <laughs> and some I had a license to sell. I had a license to sell real estate. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I just, I just saw the phrase in my mind and block letters follow me. And I got that flowing thought. And what's so funny, you know, I did not know that was the Lord's voice. I just thought that, wow, that's pretty motivational of me. I'm just going to do that and see what happens. Like, <laughs> that's how that's how really lost in God's voice I was. But what I started doing, I started writing down what I felt like his voice sounded like, what my voice sounded like, my inner voice, my own conscience, and what the enemy's voice sounded like. And I started journaling those things down, what it felt like, what I saw in my mind, what thoughts I got, how I how I discerned if it was God and I would have felt like what, you know, in my, in, like kinetically. Yeah. And then I started to realize as God was telling me things that I started noticing all these patterns emerge and I started to live that way. Then I started to get results mm. based on what God was telling me. Then I started teaching it and people got the same results and that led to a sermon series. And that sermon series led to a book, how to hear God, 10 ways God speaks and really, it's what is the heartbeat of this ministry is helping people have a relational connection with God. So that's what changed in federal prison. And I remember when the sun was rising one day and God was telling me how he was going to raise me up and bless me and repay me a hundredfold when I got out of prison, if I would just continue to partner with him on, on a daily basis and connect with his spirit. And I said, God, I've lost my NFL retirement. I've lost everything. My name is trashed. My name is tarnished. I don't know how you're going to do it. And as the sun was rising, I began to weep. And I and I felt like the Lord ministering to me. And wow. I, just, I just heard him say in my heart, the same God that spoke this son into existence is the same God that powers your life and your ministry. And I just, and I just learned, and God brought a memory to my mind, which is one of the ways God speaks. He brought a memory to my mind. We were playing a trivia game. And I just learned two weeks before that, that if you haul it out the sun, you can almost fit a million earths inside the sun. That's how big the sun is. And so he brought that memory back to me and just reminded me how small the earth is compared to the sun. And he Mm. spoke that thing into existence. And even now, when I see the sun rise, I think of Psalms 19. And I think of the word that God gave me about how 
he's powering my life. And he's the person who spoke that son into existence. Wow. And I tell you, there's so many times, Noah, that I've been up against it since I've been out of federal prison. I mean, I got out, I was living with, living with my parents. My life looked anything like prosperity. Mm. Now I had to live with my parents since I was 17 years old. Yeah. You know, I was, I was making six figures by the time I was 22. Wow. So, I mean, it, it was a humbling experience. I mean, I went into prison, you know, driving, driving a BMW and, and, you know, having nice things. And I got out virtually with nothing. Wow. And God totally changed everything. And, and I, it's five years from that day. And I can tell you it happened through listening to God's voice and doing and making God-based decision on a daily basis, even when it hasn't been easy at all whatsoever. It's been extremely uncomfortable. But now you see the fruit of those decisions that I made while I was in prison and the decisions I made over the past five years. And now you see those things manifest themselves in my life. You see our ministry growing. You see you know, God brought me the, the woman of my dreams and the woman he has set aside for me. I've got two wow. amazing, two amazing kids. I went into, I went into prison with a, with a nice house that had a mortgage on it. I now live in a nice house that supernaturally got paid off two years ago. Wow. It's amazing. doesn't happen without God. It doesn't happen without God. And I had, I had a BMW with a large payment. Now I have a, a 2020 vehicle that's paid for cash. Nice. And, and it doesn't, it, 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 and that happens supernaturally. It wasn't anything that I did. I just started making the money that I used to make a six figure income this year, five years later, but God can get you resources that you need for things that he's calling you to in ways you never thought he would and in, in uh, ways you never expect that he would. Uh, so I, I just want to encourage the people, people look at my life and say, man, Sterling, you've had a lot of triumphs, but yes, look at the process though, because if you duplicate the process in your life, if you use the process that I'm teaching you on following God as a model, you too can walk out your plan purpose, destiny, and dreams in your own life. And that's what I want people to get out of this podcast is that you too can have success in life in whatever way that looks for like in your life. That success is defined for me as anytime I connect and live in God. Wow. So I'm successful on, on a daily basis because that's my highest and, and my highest goal is connect with God. Because if I do that, everything else will fall in line in your life. What does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God, yep. and all these things will be what added to you. Yep. And it says, and, and that was the verse I was going to say. That's Matthew six thirty three. <laughs> it's kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And as you were saying that, I'm like, yep, Matthew six thirty three. It was Matthew six thirty three. You in prison, where God was like. Here it is for you. Let, let me let me tell you what it is, Sterling. Well, that's so good. Love hearing about your journey and and where God has just placed you now, Sterling. It, it's it's just amazing to see how the Lord's working on your life. Um, and just from the conversations that you've had to your book, 
um, to everywhere you've been to your business. God's God's just really blessed that. And I've seen that in your marriage too, and in your kids. So uh, I want, let's talk a little of your book real quick. Um, you, t- you mentioned it earlier and you wrote a book called how to hear God, 10 ways God speaks. And, uh, you have 10 different ways and, uh, three different categories uh, you want to talk about that. And I'd love to ask just one, one quick question on one of them, um, because it, it really relates to sports a little bit. And I, I thought it was really interesting. I never heard this take on this particular subject. So feel free to uh, rock and roll. Yeah. So, so really the, the three categories that I've been, and I've been trying to model that for the listener and kind of giving you little like tidbits of how, what God's voice practically sounds like. So Jesus said that I can only do what I see the father doing. What was he talking about? He was talking about God giving him inner visual experiences through his imagination. Some people say, well, it's like a mental picture. I'm like, yes, it's like a mental picture. It's like a video that plays in your mind. It's like an image or a series of images that can be literal or metaphorical. There's sometimes I'll walk people through an activation to hear God's voice. And I'll say, okay, ask God how he, how he sees you. And, and then somebody said, well, I certainly, I see a golden triangle and I see a waterfall that doesn't make any sense though. And I said, well, metaphorically speaking, what is a triangle? It's three-sided. What is God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's three-sided. Three in one. Three persons in one. And then the it was a gold. The gold stands for value and worth. He's like, what about the what about the the waterfall? I'm like, what are waterfalls? They're beautiful, they're powerful, they're majestic. And then I'll say, I want you to pray and just ask God, what is he saying about this? And they'll give me a, they're like, well, I feel like he's saying, and that will look like a flow of thoughts. And Jesus said, Jesus said, I can only say what I hear the father saying. What was he talking about? He was saying that God was giving him flowing thoughts or an inner witness or an, a thought impression about something. And then he was acting on that. And then we also know that Jesus was moved along by the Holy Spirit. So he had a kinetic feeling of peace or lack of peace. So there's so many times people say, well, I had a gut feeling about that. I should do that. I felt, I felt a prompting or a gut feeling or like a green light. I felt it in my gut. So many times, if it matches with, with the word of God and God's love and what you know is Jesus, that's actually the leading of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the inward witness of the Holy spirit. Everybody's had a gut feeling where they not, uh, I shouldn't do something. I don't have peace about it. Or I feel an uneasiness in my stomach. Again, that's God trying to lead you by the inner witness of the Holy spirit. So these three categories, God speaks in a combination of these three categories, which Jesus modeled throughout his life and ministry. Because he said that I can only see what I I can only do what I see the father doing. I can only say what I hear the father saying. And we know the Bible says that Jesus was moved along kinetically by the Holy spirit. So Jesus came to model how we're supposed to connect relationally with the father. Yeah. Therefore, when you pray, 
wait and ask God open-ended questions. God, what do you think about this situation? And then there's so many times, like there was a business decision I was making. Uh, it, It didn't make sense logically what God was saying to me, but I said, God, what do you want me to do? There was a, there was, I got two pay increases on a certain job that I was doing. And I went to take, like, I was going to give the truck, the truck, I moved trucks all across the country and I was going to give the driver 80% of the increase and keep 20 for myself, which I thought was very like, like super fair. And like really probably, probably did a lot more than most people would do in my business. But then I got an uneasy feeling about it. I was like, okay, God, and it just kind of persisted for the next 45 minutes when I, after I'd made this decision logically without really thinking yeah. about it in my mind, which a lot of people will do. They'll make a decision logically, but not checking with God on what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. There's so many people I tell people don't, don't stumble over the supernatural looking for the miraculous. Mm-hmm. An angel didn't appear to me. I didn't have like this big booming voice from God. I just had a little inward witness about, uh, that's not yeah. right. So I prayed and said, God, what are you saying about this decision that I need to make. And I saw an emoji symbol in my mind, like the emoji 100. <laughs> and I knew I got a flow of thoughts, give them a hundred percent of both wow. increases. I took nothing for myself, gave them a hundred percent of both increases and ended up, I ended up telling the guys, it's what I was doing. So I portrayed Jesus. They knew I was a Jesus guy. Cause I'm just, I exude I try to exude Jesus in what I do all the time. People, oh man, it's so nice of you. And I let people know, look, man, I prayed about it and this is my creative process. And so I'm blessing you with this. I'm giving you this because I feel like that's what the Lord is telling me to do. And I'm backing it up with action. I'm putting legs to my faith. And so what did God use? He used uh, the kinetic feeling of peace or lack of peace. He used a flow of thoughts. And he also used a mental picture in my mind of an emoji symbol, you know, on your phone. I mean, come on, God is super practical. And I made that decision. It did not make sense financially. Yeah. And it didn't make sense dollar wise, but what, what was it supposed to be a two week project because they liked my drivers so much. And because the guys were so happy, they were getting two pay increases. They actually ended up keeping me on for like three months wow. and I ended up moving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of loads. I actually move and still moving loads for that client on a daily basis. That's they kept amazing. me on after the project was over just because they liked my people so much and liked the way we did business. Wow. I can tell you that would not have happened had I just made the decision that was logical. I made this decision that was supernaturally led and it's led to supernatural increase. And people say, well, that doesn't make sense, Sterling. But in my case, it's made thousands of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) And and for some people, it might not be thousands of dollars. It might be, might be. I feel like sometimes, oftentimes that God puts little things almost at a crossroads just to test. And, when, when you talk about, you know, asking God for almost his input, I think of, I think of first Samuel and Saul and David and how oftentimes Saul, you know, would go to the beat of his own drum and David made his mistakes. We, we know that, but David was time and time again, you would see that how David was a man who chased after the Lord's heart 
And he would ask God, all right, where am I going to go? You know, or he could have taken Saul out, but he, he was like, you know what? I got a, I got a good relationship with God. It's not the right call. <laughs> exactly. Was anointed. And, and I'm just giving you an example, Noah. I asked God open-ended questions about the way I parent my kids, the mm. way I respond to my wife, business decisions that I make, every aspect of my life. I model what I just modeled on a daily basis and I make God-based decisions all day long. Wow. There was, there was, there was like, if there was just situation this morning, I was dealing with my two and a half year old daughter and I was literally asking the Lord just in my inner self, how I should respond to her or she did something that was, that was out of her character and instead of lashing out at her or responding to what she did that I knew was not who she really was, I responded in love mm. instead of responding out of reaction a reactionary thing. So I reacted in love and not re- I didn't react to my own soul. But wow. I've I've done I've I've learned to listen and be guided by the Holy Spirit in my responses to people. And when I miss it, I apologize. I apologize yeah. to my wife if I miss it. If I Sometimes the other day I wasn't walking in love. She said something to me instead of just taking it to the Lord and responding with love. I came back over the top. Yeah. And I had to apologize to her and say, you know what? That wasn't Jesus. That wasn't me walking in love. I apologize. I'm going to do better. That's good. That's, that's a daily practical thing that can enhance everyone's relationships with all the people in their life that matter the most, which is the people that that are closest to you. That's good. And what, what are the other two in your categories? No, that, that, that was, those are the three categories. And I know you wanted me to talk about the, the neuro linguistic programming and how visualization took me from being a good player to a great player. And God said, he told Abraham, Go to the land, and, and he went to the land. He said, I'm going to give you as far as you can see. He was talking about spiritual vision. Like, if you can if you can see yourself having this land, as much as you can see that you can have in your heart, as much as you can believe for is as much as I'll give you. Wow. I remember a coach of mine said, Sterling, as a starter, I can only get you so many reps in practice, even as a starter. Mm-hmm. But he said the amount of mental reps that you can take a day are unlimited. He said, you, if you really want to be a great player, you have to daydream about the right step, the right fit. You have to play all these scenarios that we've been going through in practice. You have to play them in your mind hundreds of times. He said, and when you do, your body will react and respond to what it's seen you do before. And when I started doing that, Noah, when I, when things happened, my body just reacted to what I had rehearsed in my mind. There's so many people that are rehearsing the negative. They're rehearsing them getting to work and hating their, hating their work or, you know, they're, 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 maybe they they have a conflict with somebody at their work, or maybe they're, maybe they're, they're already irritated with their spouse and they didn't, they're not walking in forgiveness and they're just imagining getting in another argument with them, they're rehearsing it. And so when the person yeah. does say something or do something, you're like, boom, you're like a live wire. Mm. And that's what happened to me the other day with my wife. I was, she had said something to me and I did not take the thought captive. 
I didn't, I didn't automatically just release it and forgive. Then she said something to me about five or 10 minutes later. And, and I just suppressed it. Then she said something to me an hour later and I still hadn't let those first two things go and boom. (laughs) That's so good. I I came over the top and I didn't walk in love. So you even, even when you suppress things, you have to give them over to God. And even a person who teaches people how to do that, sometimes you can forget. Yeah. You'll just let it stack up. And that's, it's kind of like having a pebble in your shoe. How irritating is one pebble in your shoe? Oh, you feel it. It's it's super, it's super irritating. And, and so imagine these negative thoughts that you get on a daily basis as pebbles in your shoe. So you have to really focus as an athlete and imagine yourself succeeding. Mm -hmm. And that's in every area of your life. Imagine yourself when your kids are like, I imagine myself, my kids responding in a negative way. And I imagine myself saying and doing the right thing. I imagine things in my, in my marital relationship that may be challenges and that I want to do better. So now I imagine myself, my wife saying something that's going to irritate me. I imagine myself actually responding in love and letting that thing go immediately. I do the same thing in business. I imagine myself there's all these different scenarios I go through my mind and I imagine myself and I picture myself doing and saying the right things. And I can tell you that the percentage of successful outcomes will triple, double, quadruple in your life. When you begin to intentionally put yourself in those situations and visualize yourself making the right play, the right step, the right shot, the right decision, the right thought, the right action that has changed and revolutionized my life. That's so good. Wow. Sterling time quite literally has flown by today. <laughs> you know, I'm, I hope for some of our listeners, man, this is, this is gold. And I say to our listeners all the time, I hope you're taking notes because what you were saying today was really, really practical, really good. And even the way that you just finished up right now, uh, just as you were saying that, I think of my high school coach, one of my favorite coaches of all time. He always talked about just visualize the next play, whether it was football or basketball, he'd always say, visualize the next play. I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, but I remember one time I'll never forget it. It was actually in eighth grade. We're in just the wrestling room before we go out on the football field. I played football myself and we're about to go out one of our biggest games of eighth grade, but you know, middle school football, whatever lights are off. He's like, no, I want you guys to visualize. And he turns off the lights and he's like, you shut your, shut your eyes and you visualize. And it was like, I remember us coming out that game and we had a great game and I'll never forget that moment of like, man, what, why, like, what's the point? And then at that moment, it was like, I understand now. I get it. I, I get why that's so important because it's almost like playing a game of chess. You want to think about the next move and you want to see yourself doing it. Um, yeah, it's just really good. Certainly as we finish up, man, I have so many other questions. I think we definitely have to have you on for a part two sometime. Time Again, time has flown by and I want to honor your time and, and just the time of our listeners as well. Um, number one, where can people find your work, Sterling? And then, um, as we close out, do you have any final words of encouragement and just words of remarks for our athletes, coaches, and just our listeners today? Uh, you can connect with us 
at sterlingharris.org. We're also on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Facebook. Hey, you're a TikToker now. I love We're it. a TikToker. We're TikTokers. <laughs> And uh, we also have a YouTube channel. You can connect with us on SoundCloud. We have a lot of podcasts, a lot. We have a lot of things to help you connect with the Lord. We have books, workbooks. We have a, 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 a mentorship video series that we've created that you can connect with. We've just basically tried to remove any, any kind of barriers to you being able to connect with God personally and hear his voice for yourself. Yeah. And I, I would say just motivationally, I would just encourage people that, Take what I've said and realize that if God did it for me, he can do it for you in your circumstances Mm -hmm. and that nothing is out of your reach when God is calling you and leading you to it. And no matter what, even in the uncomfortableness of your life, connect with God, hear his voice. And in the end, you will receive the increase in breakthrough that you're contending for. You have to. And I'm a, and I am a, just an example and a picture of how that has continually happened in my life through what you can already hear have been some super challenging situations, like hearing God's voice and acting on his, on on his word. It works in any weather. (laughs) That's good, man. I appreciate those last words and I mean, if you're willing to come back at some point, I'd love to have you back. And uh, I want to, at some point, I know some of our listeners are like, man, he's got quite the process. Number one, go get his book just to check it out. But I think we got to deep dive a little on on your discernment process too and and hear even more practicality. I think that's kind of where I want to deep dive with you a little bit too um, for next time. But Sterling, thank you so much for being on the sweat room today. Uh, I think you're my longest formatted conversation, (laughs) but man, I I tell people all the time, the art of conversation is dying. And I I think what our conversation, some conversations feel like five minutes. Some feel like, okay, 20 minute conversation felt like two hours. Man, I I can tell you it felt like 15 minutes today. (laughs) I really appreciate it today. So thanks Sterling. I, I look forward to connecting with you soon, man. Thank you, man. God bless you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, everybody. That was the longest conversation I have had yet on the SWAT room. And when I finished the conversation, I lost track of time. And I don't know about you. Some conversations I've had, they can be 20 minutes and they feel like a lifetime. And some conversations, they can feel like an hour. And it felt like 20 minutes. Today, It was one of those scenarios where I had a conversation for an hour, felt like 20 minutes. So I really hope you took a lot out of today. Sterling has a powerful and enriching story, and I just found it so encouraging today. And I loved how Sterling closed the show focused on your mind. Sterling said, predominant thinking, there goes your life. Just showing the power of the mind. One of my favorite quotes comes from Craig Rochelle. He says, the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. Sterling and Craig are on the same wavelength. So you think, so you are. And in sports and in life, your thinking controls your life. Well, Sterling, thanks again for joining us on The Sweat Room. And make sure you do not miss out on any of our other shows, including The Coach's Timeout, FCA Radio, and The Locker Room. Some great content ahead for Buffalo FCA and FCA+. Well, we hope you enjoyed and remember that everyone has a story. It's just a little bit different platform.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.